0: One two one two. What's up people? Hotep Jesus, we back. Another uncomfortable conversation. Hope everybody is well today. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Some of y'all are gonna be visiting family. Some of y'all are gonna be near people with the coronavirus. <laughs> nah, just jokes, just jokes um we got a awesome awesome conversation today we're gonna be talking about a little bit about the Bible and God about healthy love and sex really really good conversation um a lot of you guys hear me say guy by the name of Chad a lot Chad 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 and Chad was able to actually introduce me to his little brother and that's who we're going to be speaking to today um Evan Lemoyne and without further ado let me bring the homie on Evan what's up bro how you feeling
1: I'm doing all right i uh, feel honored to be here and honored to get to meet you
0: awesome awesome so yeah um your brother's annoying and shit. you know that right <laughs> like nah i had to throw shots early see so, so you, you the little brother right you the little one right
1: yeah i'm probably more annoying than he is so get ready <laughs> who uh, is it just you two no it, there's four of us three guys and my sister Oh, there's another is another um, uh, middle Lemoyne, another little brother. Yeah, his name's Andy.
0: So you're the middle one. No, I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the youngest.
1: I'm the youngest. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. Taller you're the, you're- than, taller than everybody, but I don't know what happened there. Oh, you're the baby. <laughs> okay, dope. What does the other brother do? He works with like he worked a lot with title sequences for Hollywood, and then he. Uh, he went a little bit more, and now he's working more with like commercials and advertising and stuff like that. But still doing a lot of three D animation and different different kind of artistic digital work.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the brother he was talking about, because he mentions um, you know his brother doing film work, and I'm like, yeah. yo, like I thought this was the dude that was doing film that you connected me with. It turns out now it's a whole nother brother, and we talk about. Yeah. I put the title is Theology and Love. Um, why do those two things go together?
1: Uh, I think that's, that's pretty much the biggest question of them all. Um, I think you can even put the three words together, God, sex, and love, love, sex, and God, uh, we can usually connect God with love pretty easily because we can even see in the Bible, God is love or God loves you. Jesus loves you and all that. I mean, that's pretty simple, but. And then we can understand that love and sex go together because when we have sex, we're supposed to be making love, not just like doing some biological thing. We're supposed to be making love. We're supposed to be connecting on a deep human transcendental level. But then when you try to connect God with sex, that's where things get kind of complicated. So we could even maybe call the program like sex and God. It's, uh, there's like this connection between the two of them that I never really understood until I found, I found this, this personalistic view of human sexuality. It's called the theology of the body. And basically it's, it's saying that our sexuality reveals who God is. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that that phrase right there, we could unwrap that for a long time. <laughs> I, would, I would say that again, our what? That our sexuality reveals who God is. You gonna have to explain that one. <laughs> All right, basically, God is gift. God is self-gift. So the father gives himself to the son the son receives the father and gives himself to the father, and this like reciprocal self-gift is a communion of persons. It's a trinitarian communion. The Holy Spirit is like the gift of love between the two of them. It's like the fire of love. So God is gift, God is communion, and God is creator. And then he and then he made us in his image and likeness, so that we can be gift, communion, and creator. And that's revealed through our sexuality so the fact that i'm a man and my my masculinity in front of femininity like we can see okay wait a second so this isn't just like the reproductive system like an animal this isn't just like the orgasmic system or something like that this is a spousal system this is this shows that this impulse only finds its satisfaction when we're giving ourselves entirely to another person and joining becoming one flesh with another person and respecting the procreative capacity of the human body and that's gift communion and creator so our sexuality screams about the meaning of our lives and it all since we're made in his image and likeness it screams out the meaning of who God is god wanted to show us who he is not just through man or through woman but through the union of the two of them that we actually we look more like god in that communion of love in that one flesh union than if we're all by ourselves that's why the bible even says it's not good for man to be alone that's why he leaves his father and his mother he goes out to the woman and the two become one flesh and now we look like god now we're a communion of love the way that god is gift communion and creator so that's Mm. the basic summary
0: Mm, mm, mm. interesting so you picked up and you moved to Guadalajara, Mexico. Yep. Right? And you do that down there, right? You, you, you spread the message of God and love and sex down in Mexico. Now this is mostly with an indigenous population, right?
1: Um, it started that way, but now I'm working with all kinds of people and it's actually on an international level. So now I'm, I'm actually teaching. I give online courses with the University of Dallas. Um, we have our own Institute. We have our own specialization program in the theology of the body and the personalistic view of human sexuality. And we're working in South America and Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, Guatemala, El Salvador, all over the place, lots in Mexico, and even in the Hispanic communities in the U S and actually today, with you i'm kind of opening up this whole can of worms in english Mm. it's pretty much the first time i've really been doing this uh on a on an english speaking stage so to speak so it's what's the the
0: need that's being filled here you know when we um we say we're going to you know speak to these people in 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 these regions what is the need being filled? What are they coming to you with and saying that some of their problems are? And, and are they different from Americans?
1: I mean, I think that the needs are different depending on each like social economic status and depending on the formation, the education that people have. But the general need is the same for every human being. We, we're all alone. We're all searching for love. We're all searching for happiness. We're all searching for fulfillment and i really think that we're all searching for sexual satisfaction and i think that that's like the deep need this need to be a gift this need for communion this need for like fertility i don't know for fruitfulness for for like being able to share myself with the world i think that's like the deepest need of the human person but i can see on more of like an indigenous level so to speak there's a lot of machismo, a lot of a lot of women who the guy just kind of comes and goes gets her pregnant and then goes back to the US to work for a long time leaving a woman by herself with six kids then seven kids then eight kids then nine kids and he just comes and goes and he's got another family in the US and that's that's a really tough situation
0: is that an american coming
1: out there and doing that no it's more of like a mexican coming up to the u.s to okay. work okay and maybe sending money down and maybe coming back to visit like once a year to give a bike to one of his kids and get the woman pregnant again mm. and uh i don't know i mean that's i don't i don't think that that's really the way that it's meant to be it just doesn't seem very respectful mm. to to the person or to the relationship, and uh, and maybe if you go like more middle class or upper middle class, um, you'll see so a lot. You, what, of- do you,
0: what are you doing for that woman? The 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 you know, I will call her the Mexican baby mama, <laughs> right? The lower class Mexican baby mama. What do you do for her? Do you like um, hook her up with like Spanish Tinder and tell her like how to get dates on there, or
1: <laughs> no, I mean. A lot of it is talking about human dignity and how to respect yourself and how to demand respect from someone else. Um, a lot about the meaning of sexuality and that you're not you're not an instrument, you're not an object, you're not something to be used and discarded. And um, so, how did how do they
0: how does the male feel when you got this gringo coming in and telling them, you know,
1: putting stuff in the, in the woman's head? I, I usually work it on both sides. Okay. I, um, I think that there's a lot of issues on both. There's a lot of, and if you were to go back into pretty much any economic level on a marital level, there's a lot of conflict in, sex, in sexuality. Um, men usually have a more constant sexual desire and women are a little more like they want more of the emotional connection or they need a little bit more preparation and stuff like that. So so sometimes a man will feel really frustrated or manipulated or even sometimes there's like blackmail with that where the, where the woman might kind of shut him down and, and use that as like a negotiating a bargaining chip to kind of get stuff that she wants or to be able to control him in the relationship. So I usually try to work against like men using women and I also work against women using men. Mm. And I try to promote like sexual fulfillment and how we can have a better lifestyle. Maybe I'll talk to the guy about staying here, staying with his family, not, not coming and going so much uh, to be able to be with her and that he'll enjoy that more. She'll enjoy that more. Just try to restore a stable marriage relationship if that's possible. But if there's like alcoholism and abuse and stuff like that, and then we usually try to, look for a social worker or somebody that can maybe help out and kind of free her from, from that situation, maybe help, help her out with the, uh, with the kids with that. That's a complex situation. We try to prevent it. We work a lot with younger women before they get into those situations. So uh, that's kind of the way it all started before they get knocked up. Yeah. Okay. Which what, is, what kind of situations
0: awesome. are they in? They're just like, uh, you know, women of God who don't not a date or something like that.
1: Or? Wait, what?
0: You, 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 well, there's no baby involved, so
1: right. you're dealing
0: with a young woman who's single. Or, are she single, or is she in a relationship, or?
1: Well, I mean, if it were a younger girl, it would usually be talking to adolescent girls because a lot of them are already getting pregnant when they're thirteen or fourteen. Mm. Pretty much once they hit puberty and they start to develop, they're usually there's a trend in the in the lower education levels where there's a lot of teenage pregnancy so trying to talk to younger girls of trying to prevent that and understand the body and not just to the girls talk to the guys too and be like hey you know this is what this is all about you can live this but you can live it in a better way you can find a different different path and uh So that's the way it started but most of the work to be honest that we've been doing for probably the past 10 years or so has been more focused on uh more of a middle class or upper middle class level Um, so we work with a lot of people that are looking for marriage counseling for looking for uh sexual guidance i've had a lot of cases it kind of freaks me out but young couples who just got married who Sounds weird, but haven't figured out how to have sex. They like literally been married for six months and they haven't even done it once yet. And I'm like, what is going on? And I've gotten four, five, six cases like that in the past couple of months. And I'm like, man, this is weird. This is this is crazy. You know?
0: What's so, causing that? I that's foreign to me. Yeah, I mean, usually it's the opposite. Usually they yeah. bang and then they get married.
1: Yeah. So. A lot of what I've seen with that is maybe a misconception of what chastity is. So when they're dating and they're trying to live like true Christian love, they they think they're being chaste and they're being pure, but they're actually like repressing something. Mm-hmm. I think chastity isn't so much about repressing our desires and our appetites. It's more about kind of turning the wheel. Like some people think chastity is like an emergency break where you just kind of like Pull that up and don't let any of your impulse come out or anything. I think it's more like a steering wheel where you can like point in, in the right direction into acts of service and connection and intimacy and and actually like get to know your girlfriend better and get into a deeper relationship with her, where you're not repressing anything, you're not frustrating that, you're just kind of directing it toward what it's meant for which is self-giving and connection but i think a lot of people misunderstand that so they live a lot of repression and they think that they're being super christian and super pure and then they get married and they don't even want to take their clothes off they feel like they're they're doing something wrong and i've gotten this from a lot of women but i've gotten it from men too gotten it from men who are like i don't feel right about this it's like what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what did your grandmother teach you, man? <laughs> uh, I mean, there may be cases of sexual abuse. There may be all kinds of stuff that's up in there that, that could be confusing things. Um, But I don't know, man. I think some people think that God's not much of a fan of sex because they forget that he created it. And he what made- the, What, what does the Bible it. say about that? I mean, God's all about it. He okay. says, man will give himself to- to to his wife and the two shall become one flesh He talks about being fruitful and multiplying Um, even when even when jesus says that when a man looks at a woman with lust that he's committing adultery in his heart he's not saying that it's bad to see the woman's beauty or to feel sexual attraction or to feel sexual desire or erotic desire he's not saying that's bad he's saying that when the desire is reductive whenever we reduce the other person to the level of a like disposable instrument or a product that we can consume and throw away that's when it when we're looking i don't know i think of it like an elephant like when a poacher sees an elephant and he only sees the tusks Mm. like oh look at them tusks Mm. i think that's the way that some men look at women they're like oh man look at them Look at that, ooh, look at that. And it's a reductive view of, of the woman and he's, he's really committing adultery in his heart. And by adultery, what it means is that he's adulterating something. He's, he's contaminating true sexual desire.
0: It's mm-hmm.
1: supposed to be like a catapult that launches you into the horizon of the individual unique beauty of another human person. And he's looking at it in a way that closes his horizon down to this little bitty tunnel. And he's like, Oh, look at them tusks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Say, Look at them tusks again. (laughs) Look at them tusks. (laughs) Yo, Chad, thanks for the super chat. He says, I love my little brother, Hotep. Uh, Matthew Whites, thank you. Appreciate you, homie. Uh, So. You know, when when we think about reducing a woman to an object, I look at that as being like I get what you're trying to say, but I think at 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 some level, men men have to do that, especially in America, for themselves to protect themselves from the woman who doesn't respect herself if she thinks she's an object and she displays herself like an object
1: she sells herself as an object
0: I'm gonna look at her ass like an object right um I think that it could be dangerous if you're talking to a lady and you are looking at her more looking at more than her tusks right you're looking at her more than her tusks and you continue dating her or talking to her whatever the case may be and looking at her more than tusks get you uh, taken advantage of, she starts using you to, you know, take her out on dates. Using you, you know, that's what women do these days. You know, I don't know, if, you know, before my time what they did, but I know during this period we're in right now, women use men, you know, for their time and money. Um, and I think that viewing them as just tusks can be a good defense mechanism. But I also say that if you have to view a woman like that, then you probably shouldn't be talking to her at all.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think there's modesty on many levels. There's modesty on a physical level. There's modesty on an emotional level where basically I got to protect the value of my person that I am not meant to be reduced to the to the level of a means to an end. Mm-hmm. I'm not an instrument for you. Mm-hmm. I am a person and I deserve to be treated like a person. I deserve to be respected, I deserve to be loved. And I need to treat you that way too. So sometimes what we do is instead of learning to protect myself and be modest and like respect my own dignity and, and demand that you respect my dignity, we kind of like forfeit that and say, well, hey, look, if you're not gonna respect me, if you're gonna use me, then I'm gonna use you too. And then it just turns into a codependent relationship, turns into a relationship. And it's basically like a mutual prostitution. We're both getting something out of it, but we're not actually loving each other. We become service providers. And I think that that thinking that way gets us into this really crazy situation we got nowadays with divorce, where people think marriage is just this temporary contract for service providers, Mm. like I'm like, I don't know, signing up with AT&T until I decide to switch to some other phone company. It's like, man, a wife is not a phone company. It's not a service provider. I think a lot of the loneliness that we feel in relationships is because on the one hand we don't know to protect ourselves enough. And the other hand, we don't know to be how to be vulnerable.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm All right, let me ask you this. Oh, how are relationships down there different from American relationships, if you can speak on American relationships, that is? Yeah, I mean,
1: I was I was in Louisiana, living in Louisiana for the first 23 years of my life. Um, I had several dating relationships there. I had a really hard time finding someone that I could really identify with who respected themselves and respected me, who didn't who didn't kind of like sell themselves as an object and treat themselves that way. And kind of, I don't want to say beg to be treated that way, but, but um, at least there was like this open provoking of, Hey, come on. That's what this is all about. Uh, I had a hard time finding a woman who really wanted, to build something solid. I even had a girlfriend that broke up with me because I didn't want to have sex before marriage. <laughs>
0: so,
1: uh, I was a weird, I was a weird guy, I guess. Um, and that's actually something I'd, I'd thank Chad for. He's, he's a big part of who I am. And I remember once we were playing basketball, I've told this story so many times. I don't even know how much of it I made up and how much of it is real, but it was something like, we're playing basketball, and he was just like, Yeah, I want to save myself till I get married. And he shoots. And so I'm like, What? I was 12 and he was 20. I'm like, What? You're still a virgin? <laughs> and I, I'm 12 years old. I'm ready to go. I want anything, anywhere. And he's like, Yeah, I mean, sex isn't just about. He said, he said, I want to save this for one woman, and I want it to be the mother of my children. And i want it to be the woman of my life he said he said like sex isn't like a flower that you give to somebody because you like them he says it's when it's when you're the gift
0: Mm. Mm.
1: it's when you give your life to somebody you give yourself to somebody that's what sex is supposed to be otherwise you're just like working off using somebody else's body uh and uh i don't know i don't exactly remember the words he said but i remember that moment and i i made that decision that day I said i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna keep this i want to hold on to this i want to prepare myself and um i guess when i got down to mexico i found like just all kinds of women who understood more what it means to respect themselves and um maybe they've had a harder time getting a date, mm-hmm. getting a guy to respect her. There's kind of like they say that that trying to live this modesty and chastity and purity and fighting for true love, it's kind of like this natural filter that makes it to where only the men who deserve you will, will approach you. And uh, some of them come back and they say, well, shit, I guess none of them deserve me because <laughs> I'm not getting a whole lot, uh, a lot of men approaching me you know so uh there's a lot of that going on but a lot of really good people a lot of really solid relationships a lot of good men too and uh, a lot of fight against pornography a lot of fight against just people that want that want to build a marriage that lasts and uh, i think that's awesome that's one of the reasons that came down here and stayed down here
0: mm, mm so how is that different from america right i think I think you're saying that you'll probably find more women that are willing to wait until marriage down there than you will in America? Are I mean, you trying to say are you trying to say that America is like Las Vegas and everybody's a hoe?
1: No, no, <laughs> I'm saying that in the environment where I was when I was in college, I mean, I didn't really meet hardly anybody who was really like trying to be good, so to speak. <laughs>
0: trying to be good okay
1: i mean i don't know i, I met there was like one girl who kind of opened my eyes to that whole world and she like led me to this culture where there were lots of other people who had those same values and i was like wow this is like a subculture it was like this christian subculture and uh i guess i just mean like on a mainstream level with like the other people around me the girls that i worked with the girls i went to school with I mean they would talk openly about what was going on with their boyfriend or what was going on with this guy that wasn't even their boyfriend i'm not saying i'm not judging anybody i'm not saying they're whores or anything like that i'm saying that it was it was a different view i'm saying i'm saying it oh
0: i'm I'm gonna say it for you
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's a different value that they gave to themselves i think that they Mm -hmm. they thought it was okay to be um to be a sexual service provider,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think a lot of people think that. Like mm. A lot of people confuse making love with mutual masturbation.
0: Hmm. Mm. Mm. This is all so new to me, man. You know, it's like uh, a very foreign topic, and I'm um, just trying to like absorb it all and take in what you're saying here. So, walk me through. You know, let's say I go to uh, uh, how do you say this? Amaro Maximo, Amar
1: Al Maximo, which means love to the fullest. If you go to the website,
0: right, Amar Al Maximo, and you know, let's say we pick one of these courses here. What, is, what what am I exactly going to be experiencing?
1: Well, first of all, it's all in Spanish. <laughs> Right, except for one that I recorded today, just in case anybody listening or watching today wants to know more about this. Uh, it's going to be available. I don't know if you got the link, but um, it, it opens up. It's called love is love It's called sexual fulfillment, and the personalistic view. So um, if you were to go there, you'd find kind of this whole vision of the theology of the body, but, but more on a Universal level kind of understanding it from just about anybody from any set of beliefs could pretty much understand it And it's just about kind of like if we can talk about nutrition and health We can probably talk about sexual satisfaction, too And there's a lot of sexual behaviors that are going to make it worse that are gonna make it more frustrating Mm -hmm. Are the courses all the stuff in Spanish we give a whole specialization program in the theology of the body so One of them starts off, it's called Love and Responsibility. It's the difference between use and love and how to integrate all the elements and desires and dimensions of a relationship so that we can build something that's solid and that can last for a lifetime and can be satisfying. And then the second one is called Man and Woman, He Created Them. So it's kind of understanding God's plan for human love and sexuality based on the bible it's, all, it's about the theology of the body and then there's another one called the road to intimacy so it's kind of uh, theoretical and practical means to grow in intimacy with your spouse and intimacy with with the people around you not just with your spouse but with everybody and with god so i think god is also he's our <laughs> sound weird he's also our our lover our beloved our He's not just like this divine dictator or something like that that sets the rules and sets the clock in motion. He's uh he is love and he's the fountain of all love and and he's in love with us. And um, so that course is about that. And then there's another one called the reordering of desire because uh, we all we all tend to feel attracted to. If we're dying of thirst, we tend to be attracted to salt water. We're out in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. like, Dang, that water looks pretty good. And everybody's like, "Don't drink it, man. Don't drink it." You're like, "Shut up! It tastes awesome. It feels so fresh and wet." And we don't realize that it's dehydrating us. And every gallon of salt water we drink, we piss out a gallon and a half. We—that's you know, the way that it that it works. And that happens with love too. I mean, we. We get false love, we get salt love, and, and it ends up dehydrating us. It ends up pulling out whatever little bit of love we still had in us, and we turn into like this golem kind of thing. We're like, Meepressa. we like get all shriveled up and it's emasculating. It's, it's terrible, it, it makes us, it alienates us. It, and, and then the last one is called The Theology of the Body and the New Evangelization. It's about kind of bringing the gospel and the God's message back to people who thought that maybe God was, was a bad guy, like a tyrant, judgmental mean punishing and kind of being like, wait a second. I think God's plan for sexuality helps me to understand that he actually built me for really good stuff and he's on my side. Mm. So, um, that's what you would find if you go into those courses it's all you started
0: you, you started that yourself
1: yes how long have you been doing that i started studying it 19 years ago and okay. i've been doing it full time for since like 2009 and uh i gave my first talk in 2002 but now as far as the whole like Institute and certification program and all that, that started in 2013.
0: what do you have to get certified for?
1: Um, I, I had to go through, I'm Catholic. So I had to go through the kind of a process through the church, kind of getting the different study guides and courses approved and, uh, making sure that it, that it went with the Bible. And that it wasn't something that goes against the deposit of the faith, which is kind of like the original message that that Jesus shared. So, uh, so that was that was part of it. And um, but it's a it's a program that we started up in 2013. And we've been building it ever since we just finished our eighth course. Each course is 30 hours long, we just built our eighth course and finished that in November. uh, Now we're putting it all up online. Most of the courses have been live in an auditorium, but now we're doing them them online. So hopefully that'll be opened up in English soon, too. And uh, maybe in September, we'll get our first 30 hour course out there in English.
0: So you you, uh, do some stuff in person, right? You know, I guess couples will come. You do private sessions as well?
1: Yeah, we do private sessions, but most of what we do is uh, with audiences. Like our biggest audience is like, what, 15,000? And our smallest audience, probably like 20 people. Depends on how long the event is.
0: With 15,000, was that like online type thing?
1: No, it was at a stadium. Damn. Yeah. You had 15,000 people come out? Yeah. For you? Not just for me. There was like, 10 different speakers, but yeah. Wow. On this topic? Yep.
0: Yeah, power to church, man. Power to church. Damn, that's dope, man. You got a lot of pictures and content from that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that probably looks crazy. That probably looks crazy, man. That's beautiful, man. So let me ask you this. Um, The Immaculate Conception.
1: Do you believe in that? Do I believe that mary was conceived without sin is that the question uh that's what the immaculate conception is
0: when jesus was conceived
1: no that that a lot of people confuse that but jesus jesus was conceived without mary and joseph having sex that yes that's just called the incarnation that's that's not the immaculate conception is actually mary who was conceived and sh- she received the grace of the redemption of the cross before christ was even born because christ's saving act goes across time and space all over the place it touches adam and eve and moses and everybody it doesn't just Mm. go to from now on so Mm. mary received that grace and was born theoretically without original sin without concupiscence without disordered desire without without sin so that's that's what okay. the American conception is okay so I I guess
0: I'm talking about the part where they said Mary had Jesus without sex
1: I do believe that
0: you do interesting do. okay um I
1: think it's a weird mysterious thing that can that can happen uh I don't think it's happened
0: Again, so yeah, they say so. So, so, according to historical record, uh, basically what they said was if a woman um, were to get pregnant, uh, I think they had a certain amount of time from the time that they got married that they would still be considered a virgin if she conceived a child within that time period. Okay, so technically she did have sex, but she still allowed to be, a, to be considered a virgin. Uh, it's Just something, you know, um, I've heard, and, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm, open. I'm open to different points of view. I understand that it's a belief and that it's not, it's not something that can be proven. There is right. no way that I'm ever gonna be able to show you scientific evidence that shows that that's the way it went down. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that anybody's ever gonna prove that that isn't the way that it went down. So it's not contrary to reason, mm-hmm. but it's also not something that we can prove just through you don't think evidence.
0: it's you, you don't think it's contrary to reason.
1: I mean I definitely think it would be super natural. I mean it goes nothing nothing, the... nothing
0: nothing can exist beyond the natural.
1: I don't know depends on what nature is. If nature is what has been born, Nature comes from the word naser, uh, which is to be born. Then we could talk about God as being supernatural because He is not born; He is, and He is what makes everything be nature. Whereas God exists beyond nature, so everything that is supernatural would be something that is beyond what it was created. So it's more mm. the realm of the Creator
0: so what what you would call supernatural i would call natural that's fine right right so it
1: has a nature too
0: yeah i, I believe that what people consider to, things to be supernatural i'm like oh no that's that's actually quite very natural god is a natural thing right yeah um so i don't consider it to be supernatural sometimes you know people use that word it means something that should not exist or cannot exist okay. ordinarily whereas uh, I believe it, it has a purpose and should exist. So we just call it natural, right? Um, yeah, so, you know, I just, um, you know, I, I, here's his, his, Chad knows me. I like to push my guests and play devil's advocate a lot just to like draw out like some of that information, right? Um, and what I look for is, and a theologian is, the marriage between historical record and biblical record right like where is that compromise how do we find that compromise right because according to the bible the hebrews were slaves right according to historical record they were not (laughs) you know what i mean so you know i I loved i love to to dive into these topics to kind of see where you know i was raised catholic i was confirmed catholic so I'm familiar with a lot of the stuff that, that they teach. And I don't want to get you in trouble with the church and the Pope and all of that, you know what I'm saying?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely definitely think that the Bible, just the word Bible, actually, it doesn't mean the book it means the library. mm. So we put it all in one book so that we could fit it in a hotel drawer, but God didn't put it in a book. It was Mm. a library. It's a series of books that were written over thousands of years. Mm. And those books have different genres. If you go to a library, you'll find fiction, you'll find poetry, you'll find historical books, you'll find self-help books, you'll find all kinds of stuff. So Mm. within the Bible, you get prophetic books, you get historical books, you get legislative books, I mean, we just threw, it's all in there together, and we can find a lot of different genres. So what the problem is with what I would call a fundamentalist view of the Bible is trying to say that everything in the Bible is literal.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So then you're like, so it was only seven days, really? I mean, can't we talk about seven eons? (laughs) Can't we talk about like seven ages that... I mean, because you can look at the fossil records and find that there are there are divisions between like the different bursts of well technically uh, walking creatures and stuff like that. So like not going all literal on it and being like, I can understand that some stuff is maybe historical, some stuff is more symbolic. So let's talk
0: about let's talk about building seven days, right? Let's talk about that, right? Um technically a day is subjective, it's subjective to where you are in the universe. Uh, so a day uh, on Mars is quite different from a day on Earth, right?
1: Well, what's a day uh, for God? Uh,
0: exactly. It, that's that's my whole point. You know, like um, maybe a day for God is the equivalent to us of a thousand years,
1: right? A millennia.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, I think I, I even think that a lot of the natural selection and evolution theories and stuff like that are pretty compatible with the creation story. And it's okay. It's okay to actually, there's a, there's a document that's called faith and reason. And basically what it says is they're two wings of the same bird. So if faith ever goes against what reason has taught us and what it's shown us, then there's probably an error in the faith. Hmm. And it also says that some of the things that faith brings to us go beyond what reason can bring us. Okay? Okay. Like for example, reason can bring me up to a certain point of saying, I'm pretty sure my wife loves me. Pretty sure. I can't prove it beyond the shadow of a doubt with empirical evidence. But right. somebody could do all that same stuff and be faking it. Right. But there's a belief there. Okay. Now, if it's a guy that's beating you and raping you and you think that he loves you, then that goes against reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, on the one hand, you could say, okay, faith is something that goes a little bit beyond reason, but it doesn't go against it. Mm. That That's where I'm coming from.
0: Mm-hmm. I, di- I can dig it. I can dig it. Um. Yeah. So like on Mars, Um. actually, it's, I think this is Mercury. Mercury a day is 58 days. One of our days is wow. 58 days for Mercury, right? So when people say, you know, it was built in seven days, I'm like, well, how long is a day? <laughs> you know, that's the well, first you thing know, the whole
1: Cosmos.
0: Yeah. Galaxies
1: yeah. and everything. I mean, geez, what's a so- day? I'm talking about that.
0: So then we got to talk about um, creationism, right, versus evolution. You're obviously a creationist, I a right?
1: I don't think it's a versus. Okay. I think it's a both. I think it's just saying, yeah, all that stuff happens. If you open up a frog, you're going to find some complex shit in there. Hmm. It's mm. it's complicated. God made stuff complicated, but just because it's complicated doesn't mean that He didn't do it. Hmm. Like I think his hand is there and it's acting, there's a divine guidance Mm -hmm. to the development of creation and that we as free human beings, we can participate in the work of creating. We are co-creators with God. Mm -hmm. We're even co-creators of ourselves. Like we have a limited nature because we're human beings, but we create our personality. We choose who we are and who we are not within certain limitations. I mean, I can't choose to be an eagle, but but I can I am free to co-create my personality together with God. Mm-hmm. And I can help co-create the relationship I'm in with my wife and help to in education with my with my children. The theology of the body says that educating is a continued creation of the human person. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do that with everything, the way that we order society and the way that we respect or disrespect nature and the world and creation. I mean, we can be co-creators or we can be destructors of the cosmos that we live in. And that's crazy.
0: Hmm. Shout out to the people in the chat. I see y'all, they're having they own little like, um Side, side side conversation over here, but look like they enjoying it. I appreciate y'all coming through it, and um, just make sure y'all hit the like button before y'all leave. If you're not a subscriber, make sure y'all go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Um, are you
1: on social media, Evan? I am. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, I'm on as Evan Lemoyne, and I do that in English. Whereas with all the other stuff, I'm doing that in Spanish. So it's uh, Amar el Máximo, which means Love to hmm. the fullest. Amar mm. al máximo.
0: Mm, mm. So, what do you what do you suggest for the Western civiliz- civilized person who uh, looking for love wants to do it the right way and God with God? How do you meet somebody like that? You think you got to go to the church and meet somebody at the church? I don't
1: know. Uh, I think I got this talk that's called how. Har- find princes in a world of frogs and uh i give that to, to a lot of younger women or a lot of single women and um i think there are a lot of good men out there a lot of good women out there you got to learn how to find them and one of the one of the tips that i give is you have to be what you want to find so if you want a man who's hardworking, responsible he's got values and he does volunteer work and stuff like that Well, hook up, get into the volunteer world. And you're going to find other people who are, who are into that. And they're probably going to have a lot of the same values that you do. So, so I think like, if you want organic food, then you go to God, you got to go to the organic food market. You're not going to find it maybe at Walmart. I mean, so Christian so ChristianMingle.com. Maybe, I mean, maybe that, or maybe just getting involved in activities where there's more people who think the same way that you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, even a lot of the courses that we give, if I give a weekend long workshop on love and chastity and marriage preparation for young dating couples or for single people and a hundred people come 50 men, 50 women, they're they got a pretty good shot that there's going to be somebody there that they can get along with that shares the same values. I mean, yeah. I met my wife at one of those courses in Philadelphia where I went up there and it's a hundred young people who are all trying to live it and do it the right way. And it's like just the fact that I'm studying this means that I'm moving around in circles of people who are kind of into the same thing. And it just, I'm not going to just like start going to church and cause they're, I mean, Church is good. I love church, but sometimes you find some weird guys there, man. Sometimes guys go there to go and fishing. They're just looking for for anything that they can find. And, and sometimes it's people who have psychological issues, emotional issues that aren't resolved. And, uh, and I don't know, man. I don't think it's easy to just walk into a church and expect to find a single young adult or adult man. Um, right, right, right. It's, it's not so the, let me ask
0: you, let me ask you this earlier you said that uh, you were dealing with a couple who didn't know how to have sex right or how to start. How did How did you help them? The, what was the solution for them? I mean
1: there have been different different circumstances. Um, some of them have been more of like psychological issues that needed to be worked on from stuff that had happened in their childhood and stuff like that abuse and things that that that's out of my realm um so i send that send them to a therapist but as far as um just kind of getting out the spider webs getting that out of your head where that puritanism might be where you think that good stuff is bad (laughs) um
0: so you talk to them about it
1: yeah just kind of open them up and we usually do it like my wife comes on with me we actually did one last night talking about a lot of that stuff and everybody was like Man, I thought that was a sin, and I thought that was a sin, and I thought that was a sin. I'm like, man, people, people go too far calling good stuff bad. That it makes it look silly, it makes the whole thing just look so, so arbitrary, so silly. And and so I, I just started talking about the Song of Songs. I'm like, look at what's going on in the Song of Songs. Got all kinds of stuff going on there. And don't tell me that that's wrong. I mean. We got to open up. So we talked to this couple and we were saying, well, hey, my wife asked the, asked the girl, asked the woman, and she said, so what's your favorite position? Because the girl, the woman was saying that she she never reached orgasm. She wasn't, she didn't enjoy it that much. I mean, they already had like two kids and I mean, it was working, but they, they had suspended their sexual life entirely. Like, mm. man. And uh, she said, "Well, I, I really just do it as a favor to him." I'm like, man, that's the worst thing you can ever tell a guy. Mm. The thing a guy desires most is to be desired and to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. If a girl is just laying there like a like a rag on a bed, it's like, man, that's not that's not what I'm going for. I mean, thanks and everything, but that is definitely not going to satisfy the longing that i have so so my wife says what's your favorite position and she says what do you mean my favorite there's only one right we're like what (laughs) it was in the old school like missionary position and that's it you know and no no foreplay no nothing it's like geez no wonder you're not doing too well in this i mean you just like man that and and so we started talking about it and we started being like well well you gotta learn a little bit about physiology you gotta learn about how your body works you gotta you gotta find the right angle you gotta find the right rhythm you gotta yeah a lot of it's got to do with the heart and with the spirit and with the connection but man you gotta you gotta get the logistics down too i mean it's like learning to dance if you're gonna learn to dance the tango i mean you might even need to take some classes but So that that helped a little bit. And I got to talk to him probably a year later and the guy came up to me and gave me a hug and cried. Mm. Thank you, man. Um, This really helped and and we're on a path that we've never been so close before. Mm. So, I mean, that's really what we're here for. You had asked earlier, what's kind of the benefit of all this, what do people care? Why do anybody wanna know this? We're trying to help people to reach sexual satisfaction, fulfillment breaking out of loneliness. I mean, I don't think Jesus just came to save us from sin. That sounds kind of boring. He came to save us from loneliness. Hmm. He came to to guide us to mm-hmm. deeper fulfillment and love. Jesus. Oh, yeah.
0: That's the homie. I, um, I, I put the link in the description box. Um, that's the... Uh,
1: the English one?
0: Yeah, tobyinstitute.org.
1: Oh, that's the one. That's like an affiliate institute that I'm associated with. I'm one of the faculty members. And they got a lot of stuff mm. going on as far as material, articles, courses, online stuff. I also sent you one today on uh, Telegram. It's a, it's a link that's for the the little workshop that I recorded today that's called love is love and it's about sexual fulfillment. Um, and it's in English. So it's really the only recording that I have in English. Love There's was love. There YouTube too. That's, uh, it's in Portuguese, but I speak in English and they translate it into Portuguese. So, so if you want more, I can continue the link on that and we can post that later.
0: All right. So I just went ahead and updated the description. Uh, with that. And I posted the link to that course in the chat. So anybody wants to go ahead and grab that link, it's uh, com slash shop dash two. And he has all the courses in there, but this one here is Love is Love, Sexual Fulfillment, and the Personalistic Vision. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yo, thank you for stopping by, man. I appreciate you, bro. Anything you want to leave the people off with before we bounce?
1: Yeah, I'd like to say... Just a quick phrase, it might sound kind of funny, but just to explain what this whole spousal meaning of sexuality, it's not just a reproductive system, not just an orgasmic system, it's a spousal system. To be gift, communion, creator. So I'd say this. If you had to choose between a life full a life of deep loneliness but full of orgasms, or a life of deep love, but with no orgasms, you'd probably choose neither. You choose a life of deep love and orgasms, right? So that's kind of what I'm shooting for. I'm not talking about sexual repression. I'm not talking about coming down on sex or judging anybody or saying it's bad or saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's just so much better when we find the right way to do it. When we learn to point that in the right direction, I mean, that can be a rocket that shoots us up to the stars. And if we have it flipped over, it shoots us straight into the ground and it explodes. I mean, the most self-destructive behaviors in society have something to do with sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. And w-
1: the most fulfilling behaviors in our lives have a lot to do with sexuality, with this self giving, with this communion, community, intimacy, and fruitfulness. So if we can just kind of learn to respect and understand the spousal meaning of our bodies and to to point our sexuality in that direction I mean I, I really think that it it can shoot us to the stars
0: mm, mm. that's beautiful man that's really beautiful you know I wish I was I was less of a toxic individual so I could enjoy this conversation more I really do you know probably if I'd have heard this around 16 17, 18 probably could have changed the trajectory of my life. Still. Can't um, you know, not, nah, it's over for me, dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and more to the fat lady
0: sings. No, I mean, as far as like, you know, um, uh, you can't take back what, what has happened in the you know in your past, you know. No,
1: that's not what it's about,
0: it's, man. Right, that's what I'm saying. But you know, yeah, like go i where I'm, you're
1: at and going where you need to go. If you if you're trying to get to the top of the mountain and you fall down on the way, or if you take a detour. You just got to look back up at the top of the mountain and start walking in that direction again.
0: Yeah, but there's a certain innocence that's lost. I understand. Life, life steals your innocence at some point, right? And it seems like a guy like you, life hasn't stolen your innocence, which I, I think is quite admirable. You know, um, you know, uh, people I hang around, you know, they probably laugh at you and I think you was a joke. You know, and uh, I don't think that's fair. You know, I don't think that's fair. I think that the way you think about sex is the way that if all of society thought about it that way, I think this entire world would be different.
1: I agree. I hope. I'm not innocent either, man. We're all fighting for the same goal and we're all trying to lick our wounds and trying to pick up from, I mean, I was into pornography for 15 years and I got to leave that behind. Thank be to God. I mean, it's been, I got, I got some battle wounds too. It might not be the same ones that somebody else has, but I mean, I don't think anybody's clean on this. I think we're all uh, we're all trying to trying to learn how to love. We're not born knowing how to love. People think chastity is something you're born with. No, you're born with virginity. But chastity is something chastity is the goal. Chastity is is the spiritual freedom that frees love from use, selfishness, and aggression. Mm. That's what I want. I want a love that is free from the chains of use, selfishness, and aggression. And I think mm-hmm. we can all shoot for that. I think we can all shoot for that. We might not be able to take back what we did wrong, but we can learn from it. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. Chat said, uh, put gas in the tank of the cars that's going where you want to go. Sprint as fast as you can direction you need to go and see who shows up beside you. Word up. And shout out to Kristen, always always showing love. Thank you, Kristen, definitely appreciate you. Um, yo, great chat today, man. This is gonna be a wonderful uh, document. Um, and this will go up on soundcloud.com slash Jesus for people who want to listen to the audio version on their way to work or your commute or whatever it may be. But Evan, thank you very much, man. Appreciate you, man. Best of luck to you and keep doing your work, bro.
1: Thank you, man. And thanks, Chad, for hooking us up.
0: Oh yeah. Thanks Chad. chat. Hooking it up. Appreciate you, brother. Ayo.